don't make it matter. Got good things, got you. Hoops and everything. Get back, never get back too soon. Are you lonely? Are you there when I'm not in the room? Are you only only a part of this when you choose? Hello and welcome to the Point of Difference podcast, aka the Pod Pod. I'm Jono, coach of the 21,000 ranked Nico Hindsights. Unfortunately, Matt is unable to join us again this week. This was expected to be his return game, but he's pulled a hammy in the warm up and is a late scratching self coming off the bench as 18th man. Club doctors are hoping that Matt can make his return next week. To discuss all of the big players and strategic moves heading into round seven of the NRL season, I'm joined by two of my fellow super coaches tonight. First, a man who said just last week that he was looking for an opportunity to bring back some pods into a lineup that was feeling a bit dot ball. He put those words into action and brought in and looped Cody Walker for his big 132 points. It's the coach of the Cassie Benitas, Dan. Dan, welcome to the pod. Yeah, thanks, John. Yeah, I feel a little bit back this week. Uh, I think. Potentially last week I told people that it's a bit risky to bring in Cody, uh, but then I, then I did it anyway. I think I said, I think I said hold Hopgood, uh, wait on Cody, and then I dropped Hopgood and brought in Cody. So I was very happy to see the 100, 132 points. Uh, I, you know, people might not believe me, but I was going to Captain Cleary. Uh, so it was a bit uh, – didn't want to see him go 158. I would have been happy with a nice 80 points, but uh, – that's the way it goes. And, yeah, 13.55, back up to 6,000th rank. Uh, the only way is up from here, I see. Yeah, beauty. Well done, Dan. Good to see you back up in your usual spot on the leaderboard. Uh, also joining us tonight is a man bringing a bit of much-needed legitimacy to the podcast. It's the coach of the 516th ranked C-Mac Shark Attack. Welcome to the pod, Chris. Thanks, Jono. Yeah, really trying to hold on to that sort of top 1,000, top 500 spot. Uh, it was a pretty average week for my boys on the weekend, but... We um, scrambled, lost lost about, I think, 400 spots, but hopefully it's onwards and upwards. Yeah, I actually thought I thought you were going to drop a bit more, to be honest. So it must have been a bit of a relief seeing yourself still sitting inside that kind of top 550. Amazing. Absolutely, because I, I, I was thinking 1,500 to 2,000, to be honest. But, uh, you know, Nathan Cleary helped. So thanks, thanks Nathan. well uh entries are now officially closed for our pod pod unlimited group but if you still want to join and compare yourself to the boys here on the pod pod team our group code is 890189 still leading the group is sam the coach of the elite and he is now nearly 300 points clear of second after another big round he's actually now up to second overall so congratulations to sam uh, sitting in second at the moment is mick the coach of shine bright to give us a bit of an update on our queenstown bet dan take it away Ah, uh, yeah, well, I thought we were going to make some ground on you boys, but uh, John has finally come to the uh, come to the forefront. He's had a big week. Uh, I think you had a 1348 uh, held yes. together as, as Chris had a wobble. Uh, and uh, we just outpipped you with my 1355. And Tubes and Dad, bit of a lowly week. Um, Tubes really had a – hey, he had a tough time. He – He's always switching his captains around late, and he, I think, five minutes before the Panthers game, he flicked it onto Turbo. Uh, has Garrick as well. It was just a horror watch for him, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, the Pod Father held it together with a twelve sixty six. So it seems uh, Chris and Jono, you guys are in front by three hundred, which is a commanding lead at the moment. Uh, and we'll try to uh, we'll try to salvage something back in the in the twenty odd rounds that are remaining. 
Mm, best of luck. I think I'm, yeah, I know where the, the smart money would be. I think you just stick with the with the favourite at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move into our discussion for this week where we'll go through uh, the Supercoach round positionally. It's a bit of an interesting week this week. I was saying before we went to air that the, last week there was some really clear trading targets. This week, outside of one man who I'm sure we'll discuss plenty, Nico Hines, it's a pretty open week. So let's start with the hooker position. Uh, first name, and he's often one of the first names we talk about when, when we start with hooker, it's Sonny Luke. Uh, interested to hear both of your thoughts on Sonny Luke because I'm sure you two were watching him very closely over the last couple of games. I know you're both running a Grant-Luke combo. I know Harry Grant has the buy next week. Chris, how comforting was it watching Sonny Luke get a few more minutes on the weekend? Yeah, my, it made me feel a lot better because I've been looking at, the, at my hooker situation for a couple of weeks now and uh, with, you know, he's been out with the HIA. He's, he hasn't had the minutes we all hoped, but uh, on the weekend he uh, put in a really good performance. He ended up with a 59 that looked really good. His minutes were up. He had a couple of attacking starts and it sort of made me feel a lot more comfortable about around next week and, you know, maybe I don't have to do anything drastic. I can, I can just play him as my hooker when Grant's out. Danny, you on the same page with that? Yeah, it was, it was really good to see on the weekend. It kind of went the way we all expected Sonny Luke to start. So he got 53 minutes. Uh, we saw when he came on, Mitch Kenny went into the back row, or sorry, into the middle to play, uh, which is really good. So it wasn't because there was anything wrong with Kenny. It was that's kind of what they're looking at. And I think now that Sonny Luke's fit, firing, I'm very hopeful that that continues. Uh, if you don't have Sonny Luke, I think you can play him. I, I think he's a good second option now. It gives me a bit more confidence carrying Harry Grant through his bye in round nine as well. Uh, I'm pretty happy playing Sonny Luke at 55 minutes uh, rather than having to trade out Harry Grant. So, yeah, I, I can see him as probably the, the best hooker, cheapy buy uh, right now. Well, while we're on it, let's talk about another guy who may become an interesting cheapie moving forward because he got the starting number nine role at Newcastle. Uh, the news came through, I think, this morning or yesterday afternoon that uh, Jaden Braley is out for the season. So Phoenix Crossland getting first crack at the number nine jumper. Um, Dan, would you be able to sell anyone on Phoenix Crossland being a, a good cheap option or is he just one to avoid? Well, you know, he's not even available at hooker. So he's a halfback and five eight, uh, but we'll talk about him now at least. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that keen, on young Felix, Phoenix. Uh, I think um, there's a chance that he only lasts one game. There, you got Kurt Mann on the bench, I believe, who can take minutes off him. Uh, it's not like he's a, a massive worker, so I'm, I'm definitely avoiding Phoenix uh, at five eight and halfback. Chris, you got some thoughts on him? Yeah, I got to peel the curtain back there. I pushed Jono into that one pre-pod without doing any <laughs> research. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm Jono. That's all right, mate. Yeah, it's at least we, he's still a relevant player to discuss. So at least we got we got him in there. Um, let's move on to talking about a couple of the the guns in the position. Uh, let I mean. Harry Grant, I don't know if we even need to say anything about him. I suppose next week is going to be the week where it's going to be interesting to talk about Harry, depending on who people's second options are, and also coming into the origin period where he might get a bit of rest for Melbourne, depending on how they're going. Do, do either of you guys feel the need? Anything else you want to jump on and talk about with Harry? Yeah, not not at this price at the moment. I think he's a fine fine just to hold as, you know, he's the safest hooker. Uh, he can turn up quite easy, so there's no problems with him at the moment. I think uh, unless something drastic happens, 
you could potentially look to to get a biplane, round 13 biplane hooker at round nine when they have the bye. Uh, and there's a couple just to watch. We don't have him on the run sheet. There's a couple of guys potentially you can get in for that round nine bye if, if he's, if he's going to lose some bulk cash or it's just not quite working out. I like, um, I like the look of JMK for the Dolphins, actually. Jeremy Marshall King. Uh, I think he's now that, uh, Nick Arima's, I think Nick Arima's yeah. going to be in the halves, isn't he? So. I think he can play an 80-minute role. Uh, you look at his stats as well in terms of his attacking stats that he's getting, his work rates there. As an 80-minute hooker at 600K, uh, I think he's uh, he's a definite option going forward. Uh, right now, I'm not going to be looking because there's other other guys I want to get at higher prices, uh, in, like this week especially in Nico. So, but I can I can certainly see a swerve to him. Yeah, no, I read that's interesting. And as a money owner, that's something I'd probably look at doing when we get a little bit closer to the to the buy. Uh, the last guy I think is worth mentioning, Hooker, is Damian Cook because uh, he's dropped a lot of cash this year. I think he's dropped almost maybe 130 grand. That's speaking completely off the top of my head. Uh, and he's a big reason that his runs were massively down over the first few weeks of the year. Last week, uh, we started to see him using that running game a little bit more. And I think part of the reason his runs have been down is that South forward pack, there's been so many injuries that they've been getting dominated. Last week was the first week we've actually seen South getting a bit of momentum and forward roll on. So I think Cook becomes someone who's pretty interesting uh, if that continues. The only problem is that he's probably likely to play Origin uh, and he might not get that round 13 buy coverage that we're hoping for. I, I think there's a chance, it might sound crazy, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Freddie didn't pick him at Origin just because it's Freddie and who knows what he's ever going to do. And if that was the case, we got to round 13 and he wasn't picked, he'd be one I'd be very, very keen to jump on. Uh, but I'm sure a lot of people would be. Uh, do either of you guys have any cook thoughts? Nah, you wait to that round 13, I think. Um, now that Sonny Luke's becoming a cheapie, you just let, let him fatten up. Uh, but but once he's fattened up and you've got the cash, I don't mind running uh, Harry and Cook, uh, but I'd probably wait yeah. to that round 13 buy. Yeah, I agree. I reckon that that's probably my end game strategy at hooker if all goes to plan, those two, but, yeah, it's, it's a little ways off. Yeah. I do. I don't mind the bench for the Roosters this week. Uh, Turpin's dropped off, so Hutchinson is the 14. Uh, I think that's only good for Cheese, so Brandon Smith – Probably, or maybe getting more minutes there. Uh, he's shown some good attacking so far. His his work rate's not not a, not great at the moment, but uh, we know what he's got in him. We, we know potential. If he gets sixty five minutes plus, he's he's got the ability to average kind of sixty. So, fingers crossed, he uh, he picks up and looks a bit more like a keeper. All right, let's move on to the front row forward position. Uh, and I want to start off, C-Mac, someone who you've called a bit of a trap this week. He's a popular cheapie, Lindsay Smith from the Panthers. C-Mac, what do you want to say about him? Yeah, look, I, it's it's not that I haven't liked what I've seen from Lindsay Smith. I think he's started really well the first couple of games he's played. Uh, his output's been great. He's one to look at, definitely. But my, my take on it is, you know, with Liam Martin being named on that extended bench, I see him coming in taking that starting position off Sorensen. Sorensen comes back from the um, from the edge to the bench and Liam Smith's the unlucky man to, to make way. So I see either his minutes, if he stays there, as diminishing like quite a lot or just dropping out of the team altogether. So um, from my point of view, if, if um, you know, if the Panthers name their strongest side, if Martin's available, he, he drops out and he's a bit of a trap. 
Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And Panthers the fifth game, I think, this weekend. So there's also that chance if you banked on him being a downgrade option to get Nico, you might get stuck with a player who's not actually going to make you any money. Uh, let's let's talk about a couple of other cheaper options and one big pod that we're going to talk about today as well. Uh, Harm Sele is pretty popular this week, and I think a lot of people are downgrading Stefano Udicamano to Harm Sele to free up a little bit of cash to potentially get Nico. Dan, Harm Sele, is he Harm Baye for you this week, or are you just going to watch him? Harm Baye, no. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't... I... <laughs> I don't see the I don't see the relevance in him. I, I like him as a as a player. If he was getting maybe ten minutes more per game, he only got thirty minutes on the weekend. Uh, good scoring at forty two, so his points per minute is is awesome, uh, and he's definitely an up and comer at that front row forward position. But the bunnies have been going great through their middle, so I think Tatol was out this week. Um, it's interesting because we got um, what's his name coming and in, coming into prop. He's back from a hamstring injury. Can't think of his name. Chai Arrow. Uh, so it'll be interesting what happens with the minutes, but I, I just I just can't have Harme Sele as my third front row forward. I'm in a good position where I've got Welsh, uh, Gilbert, and Tapanay. So I'm I'm pretty comfortable there. I think he could be a, a 45 average. I don't see his minutes uh, or role changing that much to to see him go up to that 50, 55 that you'd like at his price. Yeah, I, the minutes are a concern, but the work rate looks great and he passes the eye test. But you're right, when he's only playing 30 minutes, you just can't justify it. If he had got maybe 40 again this week like he did the week before, I think I'd be pushing him as a, as a massive sell. But 30 minutes, it's, it's a little bit too risky. Uh, Stefano Ucamano, who I just mentioned, he is one that's pretty popular this week, I think, so I saw 6,000-odd teams have sold him already so far. Uh, I'm a Stefano owner, and I'm going to hold. C-Mac, I believe you're a Stefano owner, and you're looking at a hold as well? Yeah, I'm looking at a hold as well. Just, you know, it's I've got issues, and he's not one of them because he's not playing this week, so I can just hold him for the week, have a look at it, have a think about it. Um, yeah, th- Look, there are other options out there. I think I floated pre-pod to you, Cohen Hess, who's dual. Uh, second row, front row, oh. <laughs> um, very sideways and possibly <laughs> backwards, but uh, well, definitely backwards. But yeah, look, he's a hold at this stage for me. Um, you know, he's he's a bit of a plotter, but um, I, I'm comfortable with him there at the moment in that third front row spot. Dan, anything to add? Yeah, especially if you've got Tapane because he's got the buy round eight, so you can slot him in as cover at your second front row forward position for Tapane. And then, and then adjust from there. So, yeah, I think he's fine, absolutely fine to hold, even to hold as your third front row forward. As, as long as you've got the cash to kind of make upgrades, downgrades elsewhere, I don't see any problem now at Stefano's price, just hold him as your third front row forward. I think you probably have to look, you definitely have to look if he's your second front row forward to bring in someone else in. So that's that's a tough decision for, for people in that situation. Oh, not that tough. I think you'd almost have to sell in that position, wouldn't you, if that was you? Yeah, unless you unless you get the cash to to upgrade yeah, true, a, a cheaper true. one there, but yeah, you probably you're probably likely going to going to sell him. So, I the, the hard thing is everyone knows who they want to go to, but at what is he now seven hundred fifty k Payne Haas, that's a very very tough upgrade. And just him him offloading on the weekend, Dan. I know you put a message in our group chat saying like, what about Haas's offload? Like he was. Felt like every run he was looking to offload and create second phase play, and that's that's been one of his big weaknesses in the past. So 
for non-owners watching him run around and watching him offload is, is a very, very scary sight. Uh, Chris, you mentioned uh, your boy Cohen Hess. So I don't want to get too far off topic of him because you gave me a, a more passionate sell on Cohen Hess before we started recording the podcast. Give give the people a little bit more of the big sell on Cohen Hess and why you have some interest in him this week. Look, I've got to be honest, I probably came to my senses between <laughs> uh, then and now. Um, look, no, it's, it's the, it, it was the – what sold me was the jewel, the – uh, the the round thirteen buy coverage, uh, the Cowboys draw. There was a lot of upside, and I think how I worded it to you was all those three things. But <laughs> he's still Cohen Hess, so you know I sort of covered myself there. So no, look, yes, to say I'm looking at him is a pretty loose term, but he, yeah, the eyes flicked over him. No, fair enough. Well, uh, Dan, the last guy went to in front row forward. I think. You've, you've dropped a, a bomb on our run sheet when you put this guy's name as an option for front row forward. At least I think it was you. Otherwise, I'll throw to Chris. But Tavita Pangai Jr., who's responsible for putting him there? Uh, yeah, me, for sure. I, I like Pangai. Pangai, uh, a fully fit Pangai, he's, he's one of the top front row forwards. He's got the flair. He's got the offload. He, on his day, with the right attitude, uh, can match it with the best. So... A Pangai, a fully fit Pangai getting 55 to 60 minutes, I see a little bit of value in him, uh, particularly because it's such a dot ball area, the front row forward. So uh, I I could see him, you know, end game, uh, him, him, Tapane and Haas as your kind of front row forward rotation. In saying that, he's coming off an injury. Uh, it, he's, he's seen different specialists. I'm not exactly sure what's going on with his shoulder, but it, it can't be good. Uh, he's an easy wait and watch this week to see what the rotation is. But I would like him through the middle. If he's playing 55 minutes through the middle, uh, I think that's his best role. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely not – I wouldn't be getting him this week, but he's a definite watch. He's got the jewel, which is really handy as well, second row forward, front row forward. What about Andrew King? Put him in the second. Put him somewhere. He's too good for this game. The juggler! The juggler's come out at Brookie! All right, well, let's move into the uh, second row forward position now. And I feel like we've been speaking about this guy for three weeks in a row, saying he's a good buy. It's Josh Schuster, who has been named on the extended bench for Manly this week. So I think he's just a, a wait and watch. Obviously, he's been pulled out the last two weeks with a, a minor quad strain, I think they're calling it. So he's one that uh, you probably want to get if he's named late. They play the third game of the round, so you don't have to wait too long to find out if he's playing. Uh, another cheapie who I think is being a little bit overlooked is from the Dragons. It's Couchman. So Couchman, uh, there's two Couchmans, but this is Toby. He uh, played last week 51 minutes. The week before, he played 42 minutes. Last week, he scored 55 points and had pretty strong base in doing so. Uh, his break even this week is a negative two. I think he's a pretty good option for people looking to maybe downgrade and opening up some some money for Hines. I know there's a lot of people who are reliant on getting Schuster this week to use him as their way of getting Hines. I think that if you're that person and you're struggling to make that cash up, I like Couchman as an option. What do you guys think? Don't jump in all at once. Yeah, that's that's probably that probably says it all. I haven't watched him that closely, to be honest. Um, one game at fifty-one minutes doesn't really convince me. Two hundred and fifty k. I won't be too mean to you, Jono. I think it's fine, uh, but I think he's a bit like the the Johns last week. Uh, very similar price. Um, he could be 
getting back to 30 minutes and then you're stuck in that that overcrowded already second row forward position. Uh, I I I don't see it. I'd rather probably go to to a Schuster over him, even if Schuster's not playing this week. Okay, so you look at doing the Schuster play just because you know he's going to play eventually. Yeah, watching watching Manly on the weekend, that left edge. I, I don't think Schuster's an ultimate ultimately a good good defender, uh, regardless. But he's got to be better than what they were putting out against Panthers on the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, let's let's talk about another guy who was massively sold last week, Jermaine Hopgood, uh, who came out and I think he got 47 on the weekend in about 53, 54 minutes. Um, did you guys both hold Hopgood last week? No. I didn't. I didn't. I sold. Both sold. So, okay, so all three of us, all three of us sold in the end. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who did hold, Dan, I think you're suggesting potentially that he would be a continued hold if, if you did hold him last week. He's 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 not a worry to to hold. Um, if you've got the cash elsewhere to make good upgrades, say for Nico Hines and and the like, then Hopgood is okay. I think he's priced at kind of where he's going to stay now. Um, it seems like he'll play that fifty minute to sixty minute role. Perhaps um, that was probably his floor on the weekend, forty eight. So he'll be floor at forties. He'll probably probably get some sixties and seventies, but um, he's not. If if you need to spend his cash on an upgrade for a premium gun, uh, then he's an easy sell as well. So I'm I'm kind of glad I I actually held Dory, so he's just a non-playing reserve, and sold Hopgood just so I could have that extra couple hundred thousand, uh, and it's it's worked out well for me. Chris, where are you sitting on that? Would you do you agree with Dan's thoughts? Yeah, I look I. Um I would have been happy to hold him. Uh, circumstances, because uh, I was uh, a little bit slower in the Tapane news about him being out, so I sort of had to change my team up a bit. So, look, all in all, I probably would have held and would have liked to have held, but, you know, there's like like Dan mentioned earlier, second row is pretty crowded and there's some decent options there, so um, not, not all's lost in moving him on. For any owners who brought in Zach Hosking last week, uh, just of interest to them is that Luke Garner and Liam Martin have been named on the extended bench for Penrith. So hopefully not of too much concern. I think Hosking's been looking really good, so hopefully he holds his spot on merit. But just worth mentioning to those people who brought him in so they can check that team sheet when Newcastle play Penrith. Uh, Ryan Madison. Dan, what are your thoughts on Ryan Madison? Someone you're looking at? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Great, great role on the weekend in the through the middle. 70, 70 minutes uh, for him. That's perfect. I think he's you know he's not losing money now. Seven hundred k is a pretty fairly good price for him. He'll be rock solid. Uh, he's an end game second row forward. So if you can get him right now, uh, he's a great buy. And Chris, last one we're going to talk about in second row forward was actually a part of the week of Dan's a few weeks ago. Jack Bird. Yes, Jackson Bird, what a player. No, um, <laughs> now again, another one that I've been looking at, uh, there's something about Jack Bird this, this year. Uh, barring that one game where um, uh, Hook benched him against the Sharks, his output's been really good. It's probably been a touch inflated by there's been a try assist and a, and a line break assist in three of those games. But um, he's passing the eye test for me this year. He looks interested. He looks healthy. Um, the Dragons... Give you give you that um, that uh, round thirteen buy coverage, uh, you know he's dual um, centre wing second row. 
Oh, I'm yeah, genuine option for me at the moment, Jackie Boy Bird. Are you taking a serious look at getting in this week, or is he just someone you're keeping an eye on moving no, forward? No, yeah, def, def, definitely looking at. I've got a few. I've got a few sort of plotters in that back row, like the Yoliero, um, and I'm just, um, yeah, I'm looking to make some moves, moves there. If it's not this week, hopefully it'll be, you know, not too far off. Uh, also looking at my centre wings. Potentially, I was looking at, um, you know, a couple of those cheapies who might have sort of fattened enough to move on and make. Um, bring bring um, bring him in there, but um, yeah, I'm 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 just not sure I'm going to work it at the minute. Well, let's see what your team ends up with on the weekend. I don't think you'll do it, but uh, <laughs> I think he's certainly an interesting option. Uh, let's move on it's to halfback. <laughs> uh, looking at the halfback position, obviously one of the most traded players of the week is Nico Hines, with very good reason, putting up two scores over a hundred in his first two games. Uh, Chris, I'm not going to throw to you for this one because you're a as a very happy, almost smug Nico owner from two weeks ago, and as you should be, because it was a guy that sounded insulting, but I didn't mean it to be. It was a great, a great call from you to get him in from the start. I'm going to go to someone who didn't have the, the guts to do it, which is Dan. Dan, Nico, is there any chance, can you make any kind of case for people to antipod Nico Hines, or do you think he's just a must have for this week? Uh, yeah, the way he's been playing, he won't. He, I can't see him getting under 850K for the season. So if you're antipodding him to see if he bombs for a couple of rounds or plays bad against the Roosters and then he's going to lose a bit of cash, like it's just not worth it. Like just just jump on. Everyone's going to have him. If he just explodes with three tons the next three weeks, which he can, you're just gone. You're just dead in the water. So uh, I since seeing him get that 180, I've just made my my three or four round trades all around getting him this week, and I'm I'm very comfortable that I can get him in two trades this week. So he's a definite in for me. I don't see him as the one you want to antipod. There's plenty of better options. I guess the the thing for some coaches, it won't be for many who are doing decent, but if you don't have Cleary or Nico, uh, who that's a tough one this week who the more pressing buyers. Um, for me, I'd probably lean to buy Cleary this week with with the plans to somehow get Nico week after. But it's very – because they've just got a juicy juicy game this week. Uh, Panthers against Knights. Cleary's just hitting, hitting rock-solid form. So it's a tough one. What do you boys think? Yeah, I probably agree with you, Dan. I with ju- with the juicy Newcastle game this weekend, and Cleary's you know last couple of weeks he's looked phenomenal, back to his best. Um, if I had to make a choice, and like was pressed to it this week, it'd be Cleary. But I'm one of those lucky ones who's got them both. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not a bad place to be. But the flip side of having them both, Chris, is that this week and moving forward, now you've got to start to make the decision who gets the VC, who gets the C. And it's actually, obviously, it's a luxury to have both and most people wish they did. That's a pretty tough call for most weekends. What are you looking at this week? Are you are you going to play it as a who's got softer draw or what's your thought process around that? Yeah, yeah, it's a good call. And, like, I think I mentioned it in our group chat. Like, that, that's nearly the toughest decision each week now. You just, you know, this week it's Cleary because he's got the Knights, you know, potentially easier game than Hines with the with the Roosters. Um, look, it's going to be a week-to-week, you know, match-up-to-match-up thing each week. Um, and, you know, it's it, it could potentially be, you know, the difference between a great week and a good week too. So um, it's, it's definitely a big decision each week. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I... Um 
for your individual team, that's what you've got to look at. So I think it's probably pretty easy to to captain Cleary this week. But uh, if you've got a good VC option early on, um, earlier than Hines, which is really only the, the Rabbitohs game, Rabbitohs-Dolphins, uh, so the likes of Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, uh, if you can VC one of those guys and uh, they don't go so well, I think you can just put the C straight on straight on Nico this week. Um, but yeah, and then it depends. Can you can you VC one of those halves there, and then do you have a, a good option afterwards? So it's really team dependent. Uh, but obviously, one of those halves is going to be your VC or C this week. Uh, I'm probably leaning towards uh, Cleary. That's the safe option, I think. Um, but, yeah, still still undecided. It is the safe option. It's also going to be the most popular option of the weekend too. So it's about maybe is there the chance that Nico goes off and gives you a bit of a point of difference in that captaincy position. So, yeah, I'll be t- taking a little bit of a look at the numbers of captaincy heading into this round before I make my final decision. Uh, the other thing that's of relevance at halfback is that Jonah Pezzett is back into the team for the Melbourne Storm. That's come about because Nick Meany had uh, delayed concussion symptoms, so he drops out. Cam Munster, who we'll talk about in a moment, moves to fullback, and Jonah Pezzett gets uh, a starting a starting position in the halves. So well done to those who held. I don't think you can look at buying him if you don't already own him because he's probably only back for the week, but it's a great little extra price rise for the people who held. Dan? Well, like who's going to make more cash this week, Nico Hines or George, uh, Jonah Pezzett? Nico. Yeah, so why not just buy him for Pazette now? Like, there's like that little bit of extra cash is just going to Nico anyway, right? So, uh, if, if you're in the situation where you've got, say, Nathan Cleary and Pazette, uh, and you can get cash to go up to Nico this week, even though Pazette's playing, I would still probably pick up Nico. Yeah, that's actually, I hadn't even thought about the fact that people are going to be having that combo and are probably going to need to move him on. And in that, in that case, you're completely right. There's no way you hold him just for a little extra bump. So that's a really good point. Yeah, even like both Hines uh, and Cleary are both. If you don't have either of them, you got to you've got to look to pick them up. I don't. No one's really going to be in the position to pick both of them up if they don't have them. But if you've only got one of them, it's kind of you. You've got to make your trades around picking one of them up to finalise Cleary and Hines in the halfbacks. Yep, good shout. Well, let's move on to the five eight position because uh, Cam Munster just mentioning that he was playing at fullback. Uh, he he's looking really really strong this this year. No surprise, he's a gun. But I think there were people who were kind of hoping that they could get him at a discount later on, thinking maybe that last year with him off the grog and him having a bit of a career year that he might drop back a bit this year. Not looking like it's happening anytime soon. Uh, do either of you guys own Cam Munster, Dan? I know you did at the start of the year, but I think you had to trade him for his injury. Is that right? Yeah, I did. Circumstances obviously didn't work out for me, but I was very yeah. in on Munster and. Uh, I, I nearly bought him straight back in when he came back. Uh, unfortunately, I laid off just with thinking of the buys. And uh, it's it's a tough one to buy now as well. He's a great player and he'll be a great super coach, super coach option. We're into round seven now. They have a buy in round nine and a buy in round 13. Going through the origin period, uh, he may taper off a little bit as well. So he's a very tough buy if you don't have him uh, already in your side. 
I agree with everything you said. It's just tough to think that you might not pick him up till round 19 after Origin's done. Chris, do you have a plan of when you might try and get Munster into your squad? Yeah, you just touched on it there. I'm just, I'm just not looking at him. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm going to try and watch games and pretend he's not there until after Origin. Uh, he just, he, um, yeah, at his price at eight twenty, um, that's going to take some, you know, some serious trades, and I'm not in a position to do that for a while. So, yeah, my plan at the minute, unless he just goes on an absolute tear, is you know, at the at the back end of the season, uh, after Origin, I'll try and pick him up then. Dan, is that your mindset as well? I don't know. Uh, probably after round thirteen, might bring him in. Uh, I'm, you know, there's some great five. The the only other two five eight options, and we're probably going to talk about them now. Are, uh, Cody Walker and and Dylan Brown both play round thirteen, so I will probably look to move uh, one of the. I'll probably get both for round thirteen, and then might switch it up if uh, circumstances arise. But yeah, getting him in early is not a bad thing. Well, you've mentioned Cody Walker; he's the next man we we're going to talk about. Uh, and what a great trade for you last week, Dan. He looked electric, and I think one thing that we haven't discussed much on the pod, and we we even spoke about Cody last week and didn't talk about this point is that this year, and it's been more so the last few weeks, he's actually starting to play both sides of the ruck a little bit more. He's not just contained purely to that left-hand side. Uh, watching some of those sets that South were throwing down on the weekend with Cody shifting left and right must have been pretty exciting as an owner. It was, definitely. That that attack in the blind side uh, on the right edge there. He was a bit unlucky not to get another try assist. I'm not sure how Campbell Graham got it, but when he went through and he got tackled by the fullback, flicked it off to Luttrell, he just he got a try contribution there. But... Um, not not steaming about that or anything. Uh, so look, he, he looks he looks great. He looks sharp. They got the Dolphins this week, which is a controversial good game, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's it's you can still pick him up. I think it's it's tough. I feel like you've missed the boat with him going up ninety three thousand k, and it's a really tough one. Like, who would you rather out of him and Dylan Brown? I, I'm not sure. Unfortunately, not in that position. Uh, and Adam Dewey out this week, it's kind of made it so people have to pick up a 5'8". Uh, if you're picking up Cody this week, I don't I don't mind that. Chris, is your plan to have Cody by the time the first buy round comes, comes in? Yeah, I, I've got Dylan Brown at six at the moment. Um, Cody's definitely like definitely on my watch list. I, I, um, yeah, look, I'd love to own him. Watching him last week, he... And when he's playing well like he was last week and probably has been for a couple of weeks, he's, he's a really good one to own because he's fun to watch. Like He's everywhere. He pop, like you said, he was popping up on both sides of the ruck on the weekend. Um, definitely definitely one I want. I just don't know how i do it before round 13. But, um, look, I'll try and make some moves because, yeah, if he holds that form, yeah, got to have. Yeah, Dan, I don't know. I might push back on you a little bit with saying you've missed the boat with Cody because I think if you want him for round 13 – He's probably going to be more expensive by that time comes around than what he is now, or at least potentially. He's got a break even of zero. He's going to have that big score sitting in his, his rolling average for the next couple of weeks. Plus, who knows what he'll do against the Dolphins this week. So I'm a, I'm a non-owner. Uh, I'm not going to get him this week, but there's a little part of me that wants to. But I, I know he meant 660K from where he started the year. That doesn't sound great. He's gone up almost 100K this year. But if you're looking at Cody of years past, that price still isn't too intimidating for me. Yeah, I mean, round eight, round nine, they got Panthers into the Broncos. 
Uh, he's a guy that can sometimes go really well against the good teams as well, but sometimes he can also get a 20 or 30 if he's just disinterested. So, yeah, I, it's it's a tough one at 660K if you already have uh, Dylan Brown uh, or, you know, a, a gun full, uh, 5'8". I don't, I don't know if I see value right now in, in having two high-priced 5'8s. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's other priorities you need to look at. 660K is okay. It's a bit – I'm a bit on the fence whether he's a buy this week or not. Yeah, no, fair enough. And I also think in a week where people are trying to get Nico, it's pretty easy to set him aside. Send him off! Send the dressing edge off! Get him off the field! That was diabolical! Let's move on to the centre wing position now. Uh, I can only start here with one player and with one man. Uh, Charns Nickel Clockstad, a.k.a. Chris and by Chris on this podcast in round two, Charns Nickel Trapstad. Uh, Chris, Dom Tube sorry, said to you in that episode, you'll be looking to buy him in three or four weeks. We're sitting here now, what, four weeks later? Are you looking to buy Charns Nickel Trapstad? If I wasn't so proud, potentially, but no way. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that definitely didn't age well. I'll tell you what, I was looking pretty good for a couple of weeks there. But, yeah, last oh, two weeks, chance, chance has turned it on, and here I am with a little bit of egg on my face. He, look, he's flying. Um, chance is playing great football. Um, but, no, I'm not going to get him in. I'm just, um, I've just got bigger fish to fry. Trapstad's not one of mine, um, as you probably worked out. But, yeah. Um, no, good, good, good on, good on chance. And to anyone looking at getting him in, he, it makes complete sense. Um, he's playing good football. He's got a low break even. He's going to make some cash over the next few rounds. He's dual. I'm pretty sure they play thirteen. Um, so you know he's a de- he's, he's a genuine option. Um, and I wouldn't talk anyone out of it now. Again, I think I think you missed the boat. I think last week, unfortunately, was the time to pick him up. If Marju wasn't on offer last week, I would have definitely picked up Chance. Uh, base is looking great. It's tough now because he's just made a fair bit of cash. Still got a negative break even, but they've got a very tough run coming up the next few. Uh, his base output's been good. I think he's like in pure base. He's nearly 38, 38 points, which is great. Uh, fullbacks seem to be getting a lot of the TAs this year as well because they're giving it to the sweet player, even just when it's just a pa- pass off. So I could I could definitely run him, but at 450k, he's a tough play the next few rounds. So it, it does just yeah. depend on your team structure. Like you're bringing him in 450k, you might not be playing him most weeks. He's great for that round 13 buy. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I still think you missed the boat last week on him. Uh, the next two players we'll talk about in centre wing. I'm going to kind of group them together because I think they're in a similar-ish boat. Is uh, Alamotti and Warbrick. Uh, they are both popular trade-outs this week. Personally, I've got them both and I am going to hold. I think they're priced roughly around kind of where they're going to sit. I think they're not going to hover too much. So I'm pretty happy to hold for now, save it until there's a really, really good cheapy option, which I don't think there is this week, uh, and then maybe look to move them on then. And hopefully in that meantime, they get a bit of a, a try and another price rise. Would any of you guys look at selling those those guys this round? No, not me. I'm in exactly the same boat, John. I got them both. I'm just going to let them sit there, um, like you say. Hopefully, something comes along um, in the next few weeks where you can make that um, make that cash grab and downgrade to someone who's going to to um, fatten up for you. But yeah, I, I, I totally agree, Dan. You got any other thoughts? No, I think I think both both are holds for me as well. Just just the lack of downgrades. You just don't have it 
um, they're not they're not worth upgrading or you know for me to go 100k up to like a chance from an Alamotti I don't see the value in that at all um, I think Alamotti they've got a bit of a toughish run but they've they've got some good games coming up as well so you know holding him in case of injury it's not bad he's not as Jono said he's not going down in price so Alamotti's an easy hold for me up until round 12. Warbrick I mean, he's a play this week. You could play him against Manly, that right, that left edge of Manly. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just be holding both of them, uh, same as Cam Pereira, and then probably look to move uh, Cam Pereira on next week if I can. Well, you've both said there's not many good downgrade options, and I did as well, but you're remiss of me to mention the great uh, Jared Croker, who is being put up by some people in our circles, one, one namely Matt Ricks is a potential buyer this week. I actually, Dan, I'm going to hold my tongue because what do you have to say about Croker for this round? Uh, no, no, like, <laughs> don't, don't do it. Like, it, I know some people might be on full tilt, but you can't buy Jared Croker this week. Is uh, Croker's not playing round eight? Uh, he's not on the bubble. Two seventy five k. Yeah, don't do it. No, I think I think it's a crazy idea to even look at him for this week. He he's got no job security. Xavier Savage back in the New South Wales Cup this week. He could be back in that Raiders team come round uh, round nine. Sorry, when yeah. they have their when they have their game. So I just think it's absolutely insane insane to even think about at this point. If he gets another good score this week, and if we get to round nine and Croker's still in the team, then obviously I'm not saying you never look at him. If if it makes sense, you get him then. Yeah, I mean, like Savage has got to come into that fullback spot. Uh, anyone watching Raiders games, like Sebastian Cruz, he's, he's trying his hardest, but he's not a fullback. Uh, so Savage, I think that's Ricky's intention as why he's probably kept Chris there is because he knows that as soon as Savage is fit, he's coming back in. So does Chris go to go to the centre spot? But probably. I mean, Crocker, is he, is he going to... Is he going to get much attack there? I'm not sure. Is it going to be every week that he doesn't have a missed tackle? I'm not sure. There's so much up in the air about him. I just I just can't see it. Yeah, and interestingly, Savage was named actually on the wing in New South Wales Cup this week, but I assume that's just a case of first game back, just wanted to get a little bit under his legs before they try and bring him back into first grade in a couple of weeks. Um, speaking of other cheapies who have been doing the rounds, Sean Russell and Hayes Dunster are both pretty popular options. Uh Dunster, Chris, you don't seem very impressed at the mention of his name. No, look, yeah, Sean R- Russell, not as bad, but no, I just uh, look, I don't, I don't really see it. I don't, and again, like that Parramatta back line's been chopping and changing. I don't think they know what best suits for them at the moment. There's been talk of them trying to bring someone in to play in the centres at some point from outside. So you know, job security's not there. I don't think the outputs there. Ne- neither of them, to be honest, are, are ones I'm looking at. Dan, anything to add? Nah, it's pretty tough for for Hayes Dunster on the weekend. A few missed tackles, didn't didn't look confident. Uh, first game back in a long time. We'll see what happens, but I wouldn't be touching either of them this week. I think Sean Russell's no, got some decent stats uh, and he looks like a decent player as well. Uh, and the Parramatta have a decent draw as well. So uh, just just hold a week and, and wait. And at least Sean Russell seems to have won his spot on merit because Wonga Blake's not hurt. He's just not being picked. So Russell's a watch for this week. And, yeah, Dunst didn't look good. But who knows? He might score two tries this game and he might be a great buy moving into next week. Also worth mentioning that Bailey Simonson is back from suspension, so he might actually get that spot back 
next week as well. So I think all of us are in agreement that they, there's no way you can touch those guys for this round. Uh, the Hammer. We spoke last week down in the pot about he was an absolute sell. I think we said he was the perfect man to sell for Greg Marju. And it's not that Marju went badly, but Hammer looked unbelievable again. Um, is he a buy? No. <laughs> is there any chance that you can buy him just to make a quick cash grab? No. No. How many? Eight tries in six games, is it? It's it's just unbelievable. I, I don't – I mean, I didn't see it. Good on him. He's probably listened to this pod pre, pre-season. And just <laughs> That's his motivation because he has absolutely, absolutely killed it. So good on to anyone who held him last week because that, that was an easy sell. Like it's just oh, a ballsy hold. Yeah, yeah, very ballsy hold. And uh, and Jermaine Osako too. I mean, I, I did look at the stats. A lot of people did bring him in last week. So well done to well done to the owners. I think it's just like it like it's been all year. We just haven't given the Dolphins enough credit. Uh, yeah, Osako is looking like a good super coach player as well. Like just taking lots of hits, lots of base. Very powerful runner who's got the goal kicking, and when he scores a scores a couple of tries, he's he's turning up. So, look, I mean, I can't buy him myself at his price now as well, but you know, it's just it's yeah, very good uh, for anyone who's had him in the side and kept him. Yeah, Asako's like he was he was a, like a keeper level player. I think it was twenty eight eighty one rookie of the year, kind of burst onto the scene on the Broncos on the left wing. I think under Wayne Bennett actually as well, and he was incredible. And then. People have kind of every year flirted with interest with Osako, and this is the year that he is back and, and kind of as good as he was back then, if not better. So, yeah, he might be someone who's he's too expensive now, I think, but still a negative break even. But, yeah, looking really good. The other one we wanted to mention quickly is Ruben Garrick, just uh, to say that he had a HIA last week. He's out for this week. Uh, so, unfortunately, for those who bought him in recently, only eight points in the weekend. But... At least you know he'll be back soon. It's not a long-term injury. And for people who don't own him, he's going to have that eight new score for a couple of weeks now. So a couple of weeks' time, Garrick might be an excellent buy to try and bring him in for round 13. Uh, Dan, going to throw it to you for a couple of your boys. These are a couple of pods that you've thrown up there that you think are interesting players. Uh, Zach Lomax, Will Penasini, who you feels like you want to talk about him every week on the podcast, and, and Katoa, I'm assuming that's Sione Katoa from the Sharks. What can you tell us about any of those guys? Yeah, look, I don't think I need to talk anymore about Penasini. People know my thoughts on him uh, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as, a, as a player. Although I haven't really watched him in defence. And I know I know Chris McCarrick, McCaz, uh, C-Mac, you've been watching him closely in defence and you reckon it's he's absolutely horrible. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's shaky, but it doesn't equate to super coach points. It's a minus one. So, you know, yeah. he's going to make up for that loser taking stats. Yeah. So, look, he went well again, 70s on the weekend. Uh, I think Paramount have a good, decent draw. So, I think he's a, he's a good option under 600K. Uh, but I'm going to leave him myself. Zach Lomax, 550K, I believe. Uh, he's... Uh, He's got the goal kicking, which is nice. Yeah, 550K. Uh, low break even this week, 39. Uh, playing the Raiders. Dragons, decent draw. Play the round 13. Uh, you can do worse. But, again, I'm not going to be touching. He's, it seems like one of Tubes's boys, but I think even Tubes might have gone off him gone off him now. Uh, and then, see, only Katoa, under under 500K, uh, mm. on, on the Sharks' right edge uh, with Nico. I I like he's probably my pick of the mid ranges. 
Uh, you can go up to him for 50K from a car Pereira. Uh, I, I I really like him as a buy this week. And someone, you like him as a buy? Are you actually considering it? I can't because I've got to get Nico. But <laughs> oh, of say, yeah. uh, no, say, I mean, I don't see the, I wouldn't see the problem of um, selling, possibly selling Garrick to someone like a Katoa if that frees up the cash for you to get Nico, and then you could mm. buy back Garrick at possibly under six hundred k in a couple of weeks' time. I don't see that yeah, as a bad play. Uh, I really like that. It's yeah, but uh, it might be a bit tough for you to go up from a war brick. Uh, from an Alamotti up to Sione Katoa. Uh, but I, I just see he's got tries. He's going to get tries in him this year. Uh, he's on Nico's edge. He's under 500K. I'd like to have another Sharks in the back line, but all the, the rest of them are just too expensive. All right. Well, I think we've, uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of detail on Sione Wing this week. Let's move to fullback. Uh, first one to talk about is Tommy Turbo, who, uh, Dan, do you know, sorry, going to you because you're the physio, do you know what the exact injury was that he was going through last week? No, they might not They might not know themselves. Like back spasms basically means your, your back muscles are spasming because something else is going wrong. Uh, it could be like it can be just like a protective thing so you're not actually too traumatised, like too much damage. Uh, so it, it is one of those things that's up in the air. He might, he might wake up in a few days' time and feel fine. Uh, he might be sore after each training session and then come game day he might still be a bit stiff it's a very up in the air one and it's it's possibly one of those ones like they're going to give him an injection but they're not sure where they're actually injecting like where the where the problem's coming from is it going to help so it's a really tough one in saying that i'm i'm willing to just take the pun and just hold him i think he's got some good run he's got a good run coming up we know what he can do they got the Tigers in round eight as well. So for me, he's just just a hold for now. Yeah, and I think he's declared himself a certain starter as well. So I don't think we should be worried about him playing. I certainly wasn't looking at putting the VC or C on him, especially against the Storm and with those injury concerns. But at least we can feel confident that he's going to line up this week. Uh, Latrell Mitchell had an absolute barnstorming game last week. Uh, I'm I, I can I'm very happy. I'm smug. I brought him in and I, I put the VC and him end up looping him and. and just, one of the first good decisions I've made this entire year, so I'm pretty happy with it. Rabideau's playing the Dolphins this week. The draw does toughen up again soon, and then he's obviously going to be out of South. They do play the round 13 by, but he won't be there because he'll be uh, in the starting centre position for Origin. So, I, I mean, if you want a quick point injection, maybe there's someone crazy enough to bring in, but in a week where Nico's there to bring in, I don't see how you could justify bringing in Latrell this week. Dan? Yeah, I think that's the mug. That's the mug trade this week, going turbo to Latrell. Um, <clears throat> very, very tough draw the next three after this one. Uh, I don't see the value in it, so I, I'm going to avoid. But if circumstances that you don't have to go turbo to, to trail, say you've got Garrick in your fullback spot as your second, uh, I don't see a sideways trade over to Mitchell as a bad one because uh, I think he's, he's definitely got some points in him. And if he's got the right attitude, he can go big against anyone. Yeah, and one of the things I really liked about him on the weekend was two of his tries were actually support plays, which, like watching Latrell, he doesn't normally score a lot of those support play proper fullback tries. It was like James Tedesco-type tries that he scored two of them. So that was really, really encouraging. Although it was game 150, and Trell loves a little kind of external pressure milestone or someone talking to the media, he loves something to give him a reason to play. And I think game 150 gave him a big reason to play. 
Uh, Chris, one of the many good decisions you've made this year, which is why you're so well ranked, is you were an early trader from Teddy to Walsh. Teddy's back for the Roosters this week. There was some earlier discussion that he might miss two games with his with his concussion. He's back after one. They looked really disjointed last week with Manu at fullback. Their attack didn't quite flow. Speaking of the Walsh to Teddy move, is there any chance that at some stage soon, Chris, you look at flipping that back and you do Walsh to Teddy now that Teddy's at such a discount and Walsh has gone up or is he a hold? Absolutely, 100%. Like, I'll definitely look at that at some point. If Walsh keeps going the way he's going and let's say, he, you know, his price gets to around that, yeah, he could get to 850, potentially higher. Teddy's now, you know, six. Six uh, six eighty, I think it was off the top of my head. Yeah. So I think Teddy's, Teddy's break even still one hundred and thirty or one hundred and forty. So you could yeah. you could be making that trade and and getting some serious cash. So definitely 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 an option I will look at at some at some point. But at the moment, I, I still like the Broncos draw. I still love what I see from Reese Walsh um, and Teddy's going to have that um, going to have definitely definitely going to have Origin where. Reese Walsh, well, we might be lucky and he might just avoid selection. So, you look, it's definitely one I'll be looking at at some point in that trade back. Dan, what about you? I'm interested in your thoughts on this on this topic. Yeah, uh, so in, in two rounds' time, if you can pick up James Tedesco for under 600K uh, and Walsh is still hovering around the 750, uh, that's that's a great, great downgrade, I think. Um yeah, I think Walsh is a good chance of origin. So he's he's going well. He has to go well attacking-wise for him to score well in Supercoach. And if he's doing that, I don't think they can miss him for origin this year, just given the concussion history with Ponga. I think they've got to pick Reese Walsh, even if it's 18th man. I think he'll be around the team. So if you make 150K going Walsh to Tedesco and then by round 12, Tedesco's back up to 700K, uh, I, I see that as a valuable two-trade option. Uh, the other one that's going to be really juicy in a couple of couple of games, even next week, is Joey Manu. So both those guys, Joey Manu and James Tedesco, they will definitely be on my radar the next uh, next few weeks. Yeah, I think Manu's a good call, especially with Origin coming up as well, whereas if Teddy does get rested... Uh, Joey Manu playing fullback is, is gold because even though I did say that her attack, attack looked a bit disjointed, he's still just going to get through so much work, tackle busts, offloads, hit-ups, that he's going to be a great purchase if his price is, is reasonable. So he's definitely one for the watch list. Let's move on to the pot of the week uh, recap. So last week, Tubes chose Joey Manu, who we just spoke about playing fullback for the Roosters. He scored 49 and is back to the centres this week, so maybe doesn't look the best choice from Tubes last week. Dan went with Sean Lane, who scored 36. Oh, yuck, in his return game from injury, so a pretty <laughs> poor call from Dan. But uh, hopefully Sean Lane can lose some money for us and become a great option in just a few weeks' time. Well, the winner of last week, I picked Scotty Drinkwater and was absolutely rubbish by the boys for doing so, but he dominated the other boys' pods, scored 70 points. And we don't have to mention that he lost nearly 90K in the process and has a B of 135. <laughs> we'll just leave that aside. Uh, Chris, who are you looking at as your pot of the week this week? Yeah, my pot of the week is uh, back rower, uh, Jordan Ricky from the Broncos. Um, you know, he's had a few attacking stats of late. I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. His ownership's currently at around that 2% mark. Uh, the Broncos' draw is, you know, it's not too bad. 
Um, I, I like him. I like what I've seen out of him. Um, big, angry, hard-running second rower. Uh, could do plenty worse than Jordan Ricky. Wow, that's a big one. That's a great pot. Dan, you, your face lit up when the word name Jordan Ricky was said. So what have you got for us? Is it something equally as impressive and out there? It, it might have lit up, but it wasn't It wasn't because I like Jordan Ricky. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I uh, No, well, see, I was. I think I've already mentioned my pot of the week. It's Sione Katoa. So uh, I, he's only at 1% of teams. Uh, I'm I'm happy to go him as my port of the week, and I'm happy to watch him get a thirty. <laughs> it has been the, Dan, the Dan curse for the pot of the week recently. Um, the bloke that I'm giving the gift of my pot of the week call to this week is an absolute super pod. He's in only six hundred and seventy three teams at present. If you actually go on the app, it says zero percent ownership for how many teams in Tyson Frizzell, price six hundred k. Sorry, fellas, yeah. nothing funny here. This, no, I actually mean just, this. I, I really like it. So hear me out before you laugh at me like we did last week. Uh, he's been playing the full minutes the last three weeks. He's averaging over 55 in base plus power in that time. He's passing the eye test. I'm impressed with how good he's looking, how hard he's working for Newcastle. And he's turned back the clock. I don't know if you guys watched that game, but the chase down try that he did on uh, Edward Cossey, the chase down try-saving tackle, reminded me of an origin a few years back where he chased down Gain Gagai. And it's also worth mentioning that if you uh, take up my call of Tyson Brazil, he'll cover you for the round 13 buy. What do we think of that pod, fellas? Oh, look, Tyson's not for me. He's, he's a great footballer. No, I, I really, I've enjoyed watching him over the years, but uh, I'll just leave it at that. He's <laughs> <laughs> just he's just always got a few niggles that I, I don't like. It's it's He's always picking up an ankle injury, picking up a shoulder injury. Uh, I I think he's a great player. He's, he'll work for you. I just I see him as a a sixty average, and he's he's priced at six hundred k. So he's not making your money. He might not be a superstar for you. I did, I just don't see him as a as a play at this time of year. But I think he'll he might have a decent average. So nice, Jono. Nice pot decent of week, average, right? <laughs> Not big upside potentially. All right, let's, let's go to Tubes' mailbag. And, uh, Chris, I'll, I'll read the question out, but I might go to you first for your answer on this one. You can fill in Tubes', Tubes spot. So just to remind you, this segment is sponsored by Mailbag Bloodstock, uh, an excellent prize. You have the chance to win a 2.5% share in one of their horses, and they're doing good things over at Mailbag Bloodstock. Uh, our question this week comes from Richo, and we've actually briefly touched on this earlier in the podcast, but if you were planning on downgrading to Schuster this week in order to get Nico, would you still do it even though Schuster has been named on an extended bench? What are your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, 100% I would, but it all depends on your team, right? Like if you need Schuster in your 17, then obviously it gets pretty tough. But if he was, if he could you know, be brought into your, into your squad and then you're getting Nico, um, Schuster's going to play at some point in that Manly side. And I think he's going to be a decent player in that Manly side. Um, uh, watching his role, I think it was the first game against the Dogs. No, it wasn't the Dogs. Where was his first game against? Anyway, his first game, he, he scored quite well and played really well. So, yes, 100%. Even even if he doesn't play this week and you can fill your 17, I would definitely be bringing Schuster in if it gives me the opportunity to get Nico. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty clear. Dan, from earlier in, the, earlier in the episode, I think you indicated the exact same thoughts. Yeah, you can, you can pick him up this weekend even if he's not playing. The good thing about Schuster as well is if you pick him up for a downgrade in the second row, uh, we got um, Isaiah Katoa still fattening up a little bit at 5'8". So 
that dual position gives you so much flexibility that you can you can shove Schuster down to your second five eight uh, when you eventually get Katoa out. Uh, so that's that's what I like about him, even if he's not playing. And I, I'm fortunate that I don't need to play him if I bring him in this week. So uh, as as C Mac said, if you need to play a 17th, if you're not strong otherwise, then maybe not. But he's an easy bring in and just sit on your bench and and not score for you. Well, Richo, no fence sitting on that one. I hope that answers your question really, really well. Uh, and that brings us to the close of another episode. Uh, Dan, Chris, absolute pleasure tonight, as always, to talk about a bit of Supercoach and footy with you guys. Uh, thank you very much, fellas. Thanks, boys. Cheers.